Thank you so much for tuning into the Chronic Illness Support Podcast. Today, our guest is Veronica Lee, who will be talking about her journey with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, also known as COPD. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that 16 million Americans have COPD and that there are millions who have not been properly diagnosed or treated yet. The CDC also says that COPD is the fourth leading cause of death in the United States as of 2017. Symptoms include shortness of breath, wheezing, chronic cough, COPD causes obstructed airflow from the lungs, treatments include inhalers, steroids, nebulizer treatments, and supplemental oxygen. Thank you so much for joining me today, Veronica. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Samantha. It's really good to be here, and uh, I hope I can shed some light on, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but how COPD affects me. So um, I'm glad to do this interview with you. Um, tell me, tell you about myself. Definitely, I have COPD. Um, I just had a lung function test, and I am at 35%. And for those of you who don't know what 35% means, it's 1% away from end stage, uh, end stage COPD. So I am in the final uh, home stretch. Sounds awkward, <laughs> but I am in the last stage of the COPD progression. For me, it's progressed really rapidly, and um, it's it's uh, sometimes hard to deal with. Um, coming to terms with the fact that you might be dying soon is not easy to take. It's not easy to accept, but that's my reality, and I do my best to focus on the positive. So I, I try to stay busy with what I can do. Yeah, that's a great outlook to have. Um, so when were you diagnosed with COPD? October 2016. And I'm going to be coughing through about this uh, interview. So please, I'm doing one apology now in advance. And uh, I hope it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, that is one of the shortcomings of having COPD is uncontrollable cough, especially as it gets into the later stages. What stage were you at when you were first diagnosed? Do you remember? One, they said I had just barely had COPD. So in two years, 2016, 17, 18, in three years, it's progressed from almost nothing, almost no inconvenience, to now I'm in a wheelchair and on con complete total 24-7 oxygen. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a portable oxygen machine or oxygen tanks, and I'll talk about why with you in a minute. Okay. I have a stationary machine. This stationary machine plugs into the wall and it does good as long as I'm in my house. If I need to go, I can't with me. 
because I can't take my, my wall with me, <laughs> which right. is what it plugs into. Yeah. So that makes it very difficult. But sometimes I have out and go and do things. I have to take a lot of rests, a lot of breaks. How were you diagnosed with COPD? Was it through a lung function test or did your doctor do something else to diagnose you? I was living in South Carolina and I lived in a valley. So there, there were mountains surrounding us and there was a fire on the mountain and the wind pushed the fire down into the valley where I was living at the time. And I I couldn't breathe like everyone else around me was coughing a little bit, but I, I was like completely zero. Like I couldn't breathe. And I went to the emergency room and thinking it, it just to do the fire, you know, and just needed a little help. And they put me in the hospital and they diagnosed me with pneumonia and they kept me there for a few days they ran a few more tests and they came back and said, yeah, besides pneumonia, guess what? You also have COPD. So that's how I was told. They said it like it was nothing, <laughs> you know, like it's like I had, a, you and I both know it's nothing like a cold at all. Right. <clears throat> and it, so it, it definitely, it makes colds hang on longer. It makes it harder to recover from minor illnesses what other people take for granted really affects people with COP. Yeah. So that's how I was first uh, diagnosed with it. Um, I, I went in for breathing issues, not even knowing that I had any anything wrong with me at all. What treatments have you tried for COPD and did any of them help? They started me out on just a rescue inhaler, and that that was okay. That was okay for a time, um, but it 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 began to be harder for the rescue inhaler to actually have any effect, and then they they upped the treatment with putting me on a nebulizer by putting just the same thing, albuterol, which is what's in the rescue inhaler. It just gave me more of it and deeper into my lungs. And for a while that worked a little well. And then they added, uh, I, I can't even say it. They call it IB, it's hypertropium bromide to my solution for the, in, for the nebulizer. Um, and for a while, that worked a little well, but uh, the, the more this disease progresses, the less effective the treatments are. So they keep adding medications, hoping something will work, and they haven't found the magic button for me yet. Part of that is because I don't have insurance, and I'm currently in the appeal process with disability to try to get the medical care that I need. Um, being a self-pay patient means that I'm very limited to the treatments that are received. I can't even see a regular pulmonologist as a part of my care team because I, I can't afford, I don't, there's not a lot of people that can afford 
a $200 um, doctor visit just to, just to talk to the pulmonologist, let alone tests. So that keeps me from getting a lot of the care that I need. So we're in appeals right now. Um, hopefully if I, if I do get the disability, more things will open up to me, but right now it's just, uh, inhalers, nebulizers, and they do have me on an experimental, uh, inhaler. It's a powder and it's got three medicines in it. Um, the medicine is called Trilogy. Um, it's so new that when I had a lung function test at the hospital, that respiratory therapist had never even heard of it. So it's, it's something that's that new. And I'm only able to get that because the company that makes that is paying for it for me. So I did file a patient assistance um, application with them and they approved it. So I got lucky with that. Otherwise I wouldn't even have that. And that, that does help me. So those are, those are the medications that I'm currently taking <coughs> for breathing. Okay. Um, have you noticed any side effects from the medications that you've taken in the past or ones that you are currently taking? Um, it's hard to say uh, if it's a side effect of the medication or a side effect of the disease because um, they change my medicine so often looking for that magic button that so far has been elusive to me um, to try to find what works. It's progressing so quickly. And I want to talk to you about Alpha One. I was wondering, you know, in your opinion, do you think that could be a reason why it's progressing as quickly? Sure, yeah, it could be. My mom was diagnosed about 10 years ago, and she was diagnosed with alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency by a genetic blood test. The reason her doctor ordered the blood test was because she lost a large amount of lung capacity in a short amount of time, in about a year, and now her lung function is in the 20s. It could be a possibility, and I don't know if you know if anyone in your family has had it. It's a free genetic blood test and definitely something to look into. We definitely, when we hang up, I would definitely like to talk to you about that. So then, and I would encourage anyone else whose COPD is progressing rapidly to get that test, especially if it's free. Yeah, me too. What other information would you like to discuss about COPD? Um, about my illness itself, um, that. You know, for anyone out there who has COPD, you might the world. This might sound crazy to a lot of people. Being diagnosed with COPD, dare I even say it, opened up a whole new world to me. Because, I mean, at first, when I started getting really bad and I couldn't function and I couldn't walk and I couldn't do the things that people normally do. I was uh, very depressed. Yes, that's another side effect of COPD. You get depressed easy. Um, but I realized through my lack of 
ability, uh, I had to find other ways to entertain myself because just laying in bed, sitting on oxygen, staring at four walls all day can, can feel like you're trapped in a cage. So you have to find ways to occupy your mind. So I started a blog for COPD. That was how it began my writing. And I find that giving yourself a hobby, there's always something you can do. Giving yourself some kind of a hobby will your mind up a lot as far as the depression goes. I'm, I'm, I tell people all the time, I'm sick, but I'm happy. And I think I owe a lot of that to discovering what I still can do and not focusing on what I can't. So keeping a positive attitude and bringing yourself around people who support you. I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about mentally. It, it does a lot to lift the spirits and lift the soul. So definitely find yourself a hobby. Think real hard about what you loved before you got sick. I always loved writing, so I write now. Um, I, I've written books, um, published, I would say two and a half books, because one of them is a chapter book version of an illustrated book. Um, another one's an art book that I put out for my art. I still like to draw and paint. Um, so I have a book put out for that, but, um, I've, I had to take a break from writing on my blog because I was so wrapped up in the books over the last few months. And I, <clears throat> sorry, I just started writing the blog again. And uh, the, anybody that's interested in the COPD blog, it's really easy, copdjourneys.com. And, uh, you know, it's it's got some uplifting information there. It's not all doom and gloom. And there's a lot of statistics on that on that blog. So I would encourage anyone to take a look at that, you know, as well as picking up a copy of your book on Alpha One, which deals with COPD. Thank you. Yeah, your blog is awesome. And congratulations on your books, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I think, yeah, just keeping yourself busy. That would be my advice to people dealing with this. Keep yourself busy. Find a way to occupy your mind or, or, or quite frankly, you're going to go crazy if you have COPD and you just twiddle your thumbs all day. Yeah. Sure, it's depressing. Find things that you love. There's still something that you can do. Yeah, that's really important. I'm glad you brought that up. What is something you wish you would have known when you were diagnosed with COPD? Oh, my. Well, I, I did this to myself. Uh, whether or not Alpha One plays a part in it, I don't know. At this point of the game, uh, I consider that I did this to myself. I was a heavy smoker since I was 14 I smoke between one and two packs a day and, and they were menthol, which crystallizes the lungs. So I did myself double damage. Um, knowing that I did this to myself, uh, I, I guess I, I, the one thing I would have done different, I would have stopped smoking sooner than I did. Uh, right now I have been probably, I don't know, 
two years without cigarettes. So I'm proud of myself for that. And my husband, thank you. My husband actually quit smoking with me at the same time because he said if he didn't quit smoking, there's no way I would with him smoking in the house. So that that's into finding support, you know, the people around you. Yeah, congratulations on quitting smoking, and that's so awesome that your husband quit with you and you have his support. He's just, he's been such a trooper in this. He's been wonderful, and he he finds ways to make me laugh every day, which helps me forget that I'm even sick sometimes. We touched on this a little bit, but how does COPD affect your daily life? Well, picture the scenario, walk into the kitchen, make a sandwich, eat your sandwich and go about your day and do whatever you can do. That scenario doesn't apply to me anymore. Something as simple as making a sandwich uh, uh, and and also eating destroys me. It takes me two or three hours to even somewhat recover from just walk into the kitchen and making a sandwich. So that's how it affects me. It it has at this point taken away all of the physical things that I can do. So that's why I still try to keep my mind sharp because I still have that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't that's, think that's how it affects me. Yeah, I don't think people realize how much energy it takes to make a sandwich, eat, take a shower, and do other activities that other people take for granted. <laughs> right. Like I have to psych myself up to get in the shower because I know when when I get out, I'm going to need to rest for two or three hours. I have to recover. Simple, simple tasks take an extremely long amount of time just for me to be able to bounce back enough to do something else. So I spend a lot of my time in bed and I try to push myself. I really do. But at this point, it's just too difficult. It's very difficult just to get up and move around so hard. And there's nothing I can do about it. People say, oh, just get up, go walk, go do something. I can't, I physically can't. I don't have the lung capacity for it anymore. I used to be a runner. You know, even as a smoker, I was a runner. I used to run three miles a day, minimum. So believe me, if I could, I would still be out there doing that. How can someone show support for COPD or for someone that suffers with COPD? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's going to sound simple, but a lot of people, I actually have a blog post about this. How can people show support? It, It ties into more with what you don't do than with what you do. For a, for a person who has COPD, don't say things like, oh, this is, this is nothing, you'll, you'll get over this. No, no you won't. <laughs> COPD is lifelong. 
it is not curable at this stage of the game. It is not, I don't care what anybody says, there's not a cure for it. You can make it better with medications, but it is a progressive disease. It will progress regardless of what you do. Um, so don't say, I call them backhanded compliments or backhanded advice, which is like that saying, oh, you're, you're fine. You, it's all in your head. That doesn't help. It really doesn't help. So it's more what you don't say. Um, avoid things that are demeaning to the person, like um, things that make them feel useless. They already feel useless. So avoid saying things that would make them feel useless. Just adds to the depression. It adds to the feeling that they already know that they can't do something, you know, and if, if they could do it, they would. Yeah. There's definitely a blog post on my blog that goes into detail about things that you shouldn't do or things that you can say or ways that you could be helpful. So, you know, making them a sandwich is a great idea. If you can do that, if, if you can offer support a lot of times, boils down to just just being there emotionally for them sometimes they don't need advice they know the situation that they're in a lot of times it has to do with letting them know that you're there hear them that you validate what they're going through yeah definitely that's great advice too is there any other information that you would like to talk about regarding COPD? The only thing I can probably add is there are a lot of, for the, for the people that can go to a physical support group, that's great. Um, the American Lung Association has them. Um, there are some with uh, the COPD Foundation websites both of their websites offer a lot of information um and also locations where you can go to attend us being around other people like yourself and just making friends with people like yourself you know who have the same disease that you have and are experiencing the same things being able to relate to other people who are going through the same thing is very reassuring but for people who can't get up go to those meetings there are online support groups. Facebook has them. A lot of them are private. And I would recommend just, you know, doing a search online for a, an online support group. And many of them don't care whether you share or not. They just are happy that you're there. And they offer information that you can't find anywhere else. And a lot of support. So... That's the one thing that I guess I would I would leave people with is find find a way to connect with other people who understand what you're going through because there's nothing worse than feeling alone. Yeah, that's so true. And then you mentioned how listeners can connect with you through your blog, and I will leave that link in the show notes. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Chronic Illness Support Podcast and telling your story with COPD to help bring education, awareness, and support to others. I enjoyed having you, Veronica. I enjoyed being here. If you found listening to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening.